Hey there, Matt here. Before we get started, just want to let you know that we will be sprinkling some book knowledge into our podcast. Don't worry, they will not spoil any aspect of the story. They're just more supplementary. However, if you're a person who absolutely hates book reader knowledge in your TV talk, then this podcast probably isn't for you. Also, we're sorry. Anyway, here's the podcast. Hope you enjoy it. Dedicated to George R.R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire book series dun, dun, dun. and the HBO Game of Thrones franchises. I'm intrigued. <laughs> You're listening to Before the Dragon. Dun, dun, dun. Yes, I absolutely know that you expect normally for Matt's soapbox to appear at the beginning of initial reaction episodes as opposed to the middle of a panel podcast. Well, just deal with it. I'm Cersei Lannister, podcaster, and you are going to listen to what I have to say. There was a statement issued by HBO regarding the darkness issue where they said the dim lighting of this scene was an intentional creative decision. And other reports have come out about how this scene was originally filmed in the day. By the way, it's a whole sequence that lasts like nearly half the episode. It's not just a scene. But anyway, we were informed that, you know, because of weather and all of this other stuff, they couldn't have continuity in lighting, so they colorized it and turned it all into what seemed an appropriate level of darkness. These kinds of things never work. These kinds of creative decisions end up looking like creative travesties. But that's not nearly as appalling as the attitude that the internet took this week regarding whether people could see it. I myself did not have much of an issue with it, though I will admit that it felt a little bit distracting. What I found more distracting was the attitudes displayed on Twitter, where people who said that they couldn't see it were accused by people who could, saying things like, you don't know how to use your TV. My personal opinion on the matter is, is that you shouldn't have to know how to use your TV in order to watch an episode of television. Yes, some TVs are better than others. That is a privilege. Yes, some people know how to set their TV settings better than others. That is also a privilege. The mere fact that people have access to these shows by paying monthly subscriptions is a privilege. To victim blame in this particular instance where people who are saying that they could see it just fine are telling other people that they're not watching it correctly is a level of penis measuring that's really just typical of the internet today. And one thing that seems unexcusable is the fact that a lot of these people who come out and say how poisonous Twitter is are the very people who were telling others that they didn't know how to use their TV. I mean, what the hell? I have no room for that in my life. So this is just a little soapbox to remind you that everything in your life, no matter how big, no matter how small, is about privileges. I enjoy a privilege of a better eyesight than some people. Some people enjoy a privilege of a better eyesight than me, just in general. Fortunately, now we have aids to help people who do not see as well to see better. 
I certainly don't know that those kind of aids would have helped somebody who couldn't see this scene see it any better. And I know that it sounds very Pollyanna and it should be obvious to everybody. But I'm going to say it again. Everything in life is a privilege. Don't ever pound down because some people's privilege to things is lower than yours. Don't ever do that. Because if you do that, I'm not even sure I want to know you. If you're willing to do that over expanding upon what kind of television you use and whether you turn this setting on or off or whatever without explaining or helping people who don't have access to that information or who are less privileged than you in terms of the kinds of TVs that they have or are less privileged than you than the kind of site that you have, what else are you abusing your privilege about? That's the question that I have. And again, I'm sorry to start off this section of the podcast on such a dark note. Just felt it had to be said. I'm Cersei Lannister, podcaster. Blacks versus greens. Uh, I made it real short and so it could fit on the wheel. <laughs> Blacks versus greens. You, you make, you're making us pick sides? We got to pick a side. So essentially what this is, is that if you are a black, you are a dame on. And if you're a green, you're a dame off. That could that could impact how you decide what side you're on, but I think the blacks and the greens have two distinct uh, groups, and like you can you can base it on dragon count, you can base it on who's righteous, you can base it on who's hottest, you can base it on who has the best outfit. <laughs> oh, we're really fanboying this. That's mm. uh, odd coming from a maester, uh, but okay, uh, let's do this, Kelly. Where do you stand? I have no reason not to be team black right now. I think team green has, has fallen off. If they overstepped, it was a poor strategy. Uh, they're not going to have as much support at this point because of that bad move. Allison specifically with the dagger I'm talking about. Um, they did gain points with getting Vagar, but I think that, that that kid is very young. He doesn't know how to handle a dragon as good as his brothers. I mean, as Rhaenyra, as um, Damon, as uh, Rainey's. And well, I guess we don't have sea smoke anymore, but we've got, you know, <laughs> We're, we're dragon counts are equaling out, but I think um, the dragon rider experience is on the black side. So I'm uh, I'm staying team black for now, for now. And Rainey's has the best. Or Rhaenyra and Rainey's have the best hair. So clearly. John, do you want me to ask Holly first so that you can agree with her, or would you rather state yours now? It's your show, buddy. All right, uh, Holly, go. Okay. Well, first off, I just remembered something I should have said when we were talking about Vagar and Amond, um, which is that i did anybody else think that vagar was like that first ride it was kind of like testing amen a little bit like I'm, I'm gonna pull out all the stops i'm gonna fly i'm gonna like shake the sand off see if you can hold on i'm gonna go straight up see if you can hold on i'm gonna dive see if you can hold on and do all these things and then like that was like his little she like gave him a little test and he passed anyway i, I wanted to mention that earlier i forgot no, I, I think you're right he is her uh fourth rider at this mm. point so i think you know she has given three other targaryens their first ride so yeah girl's been around <laughs> yeah she's like okay it's another it's another kid getting his dragon license anyway here comes uh, the parallel yeah. park are you ready <laughs> um I have always really been team black uh, from reading the books. I didn't want to, when we started watching the show and how the first episode was going and 
what we were doing with Allison. I, I was really hesitant to jump on a team right away. Um, but I've been pretty much team black since for sure. Since last week, um, after Allison did her stuff last week, uh, and then yeah, this week it's definitely, yeah, it's, it's really easy to be team black right now. Um, had Lenor actually died, that would, I would be on team Beastberry. Um, <laughs> but that, otherwise, <laughs> but otherwise, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty easy to like the blacks right now. And I only really like one green at the moment and that's Helena. So I do adore Helena. Does anybody want to talk about that? Uh, we'll, Susan, we'll let you, uh, go next. What, first of all, are you team black or team green? Um, I am at this point team black. And I think I mentioned this before that um, before the season started, I had heard the actors or producers or somebody say, you know, you're going to both uh, have at times where you're going to really like characters and then you're also going to dislike them. There'll be reasons to do both for almost everybody. But at this point in time, I'm basing my decision mainly on the children. And at this point, I like the black children much better than the green children. It's always about the children. It's always about the children. How good are your kids? They, the kids reflect on parents all the time. John, uh, Team Black, I'm assuming, since Kel uh, Holly was. Holly's always right. <laughs> Actually, I like Aegon in this show better than I liked him in the book. Give it time. Oh, yeah. I, do I don't doubt it. But I mean, I'm interested to see with Eamon because Eamon, oh, I wanted to just choke that little son of a biscuit out so many You mean times. this episode, right? You mean this episode since we're not talking about anything else, right? No, I'm talking about like the two episodes that we saw Eamon and even when they made fun of him, I didn't even care. I'm like, he's, he's at, there's something wrong with that kid. You can tell. All right. Kelly's giving Kelly's giving me a stink eye, but I'm telling you, there's something wrong with that kid. There's a bad egg there. No, there's Just a bad aim there. It's your language. <laughs> Let's talk about Helena real quick. We heard her say the things. Obviously, we're all book readers, so we knew what was coming. But they're really playing this thing up with Helena now. So what the heck of the green and black spools of hand whatever I, I had the phrase written down at one point for my initial reaction but i don't remember your maester has you all right maester what did what did uh, helena say this time hand, around? hand turns loom spool of green spool of black dragons of flesh weaving dragons of thread what the heck does that mean I think it just means there's going to be a split. That's all I'm reading from it. Making flags, making dresses, making the two kind of colored jerseys of the teams. That, that's how I'm reading that. I'm sure there's more to it, but for right now, that's all I can get. Okay. Um, I was listening to Girls Gone Canon today on my uh, commute home from work. and Wonderful um, podcast. Uh, so good. Um, they're so smart. Some very, very smart ladies. Uh, and some, and they were talking, I think somebody maybe wrote this into them. Um, or it was said on their podcast that um, the hand that turns the loom could actually be like the hand of the king. So Otto being the person to kind of like pointed 
you know, Alicent and the Sarah's direction kind of did kick off this conflict a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. So there's there's a read there. They said more things. Um, I would just recommend going listening to Girls Gone Canon. Also, um, in addition to your full week of House of the Dragon podcast, if y'all are anything like me, just listen into everybody's podcast. Um, anyway, except this one. Yeah, except this one, because I don't want to hear myself. <laughs> Well, that included my initial reaction. She don't like hearing those. No, I did listen to your initial reaction. I have been. I did in the first two weeks, but I, I have been um, recently. Well, obviously, the first two the first two weeks were not worth listening to, right, John? No, Holly's always right. Yeah, the thing that I was uh, that I found interesting, and I haven't heard anybody pick up on this. It doesn't have to do with the prophecy. It has to do with the discussion that Amon and Aegon were having about her. Um, Amond said when Aegon was complaining about, you know, she's weird and whatever, Amond said, she's going to be your queen. And so first off, I think that shows that they have already betrothed them, which uh, we knew would be coming and was, you know, obviously one way for Alicent to show that she wasn't going to accept anything to do with the proposal that Renera tried to put forth about, uh, um, betrothing Helena to uh, her son, but I thought the more interesting part of that is that um, Aemon is actually saying she's going to be a queen, meaning he's already considering that Aemon is going to be Aemon is going to be king, rather than the you know the people that are in line for the throne. Is the way I took that. Hmm. Yep. No, for sure. I thought that was super weird. I had to like ask Sammy. I was like, "Am I missing this? Like, is this just understood?" fact that they are engaged and that the greens are pretty much set on Aegon being king right I think that I think it was uh the fact that yes it was communicating that they were engaged and I think it's you know next uh you know we're doing one more time jump that they're going to already probably be married I I don't think we're going to see the wedding when it comes to the next episode but just the fact that Aemon was saying she's going to be the queen shows how much they are already assuming he's probably already, you know, had ingrained in him by his mother, maybe his grandfather, that, uh, you know, that they're not going to accept uh, Jace for the throne, that it's going to be Aemon. Excellent. Well, you, and yeah, you couple all of that uh, talk there and the fact that Aemon was looking directly at Allison, like you mentioned earlier, and before she looked at, uh, before he said the name Aegon um it sounds like mom and maybe Kristen cole have been planning out loud for a while mm-hmm. yeah we got the, the scene of of allison like yelling at Aegon about you know you're supposed to be a ruler act like it uh so we knew that she had informed him of the uh role that he she intended for him but like True. But yeah the fact that it is more uh known throughout the family yeah it, it could just be not more evidence that Aegon has a big mouth and Aemon it, it, that's hears true. more things yeah. Aemon's hearing things he shouldn't be hearing or something like that yeah <laughs> don't need to be a maester to figure that one out right kelly yeah well <laughs> it helps it helps <laughs> <laughs> i just loved in the uh at the wake scene with um all of the the side glances and all the tension there um all of the um 
Targaryens from King's Landing, all of their normally very pretty hair, if it wasn't uh, bound up or if it wasn't braided or anything, it was super frizzy. <laughs> I love that touch. Like they normally have very pretty sleek hair, but since they're on Driftmark and they it's all salty sea air, or they haven't had their, you know, have their at-home products or whatever it was, they all had super frizzy hair. And, um, uh, and but uh, Rhaenyra's was all tied up and um, you had, I kind of explained why you, you see Rainey's all tied up. Um, as it as it is <laughs> so if it wasn't all tied up it was super frizzy including allison um who has the brown hair but she's uh normally has pristine gorgeous locks but no it was frizzy as well <laughs> it's like they for all they they knew better they well sorry the yeah the king's landing targaryens didn't know how to pull their hair back and didn't understand how windy it was going to be out there i like that that is yeah. so good that's great <laughs> I, can you guys help me watch for what necklace rhaenyra is wearing i feel like that's important and i, I haven't thought this week i think no you're the maester figure it out okay i'll, I'll go back and look but I, I, so after she slept with with Cor, with a uh, Kristen, she changed back to her gold necklace and i haven't paid attention since but i'm wondering if next episode she's gonna have damon's necklace back on I thought where she was, was it this where episode. was Kristen cole when all of this happened was he with allison oh during the wedding or during the fight i think oh that's he was a good point be, he's supposed to be watching um dun, dun, dun. yeah okay dun, dun, dun. well let's do a little quick sidebar about i guess Kristen cole and allison um and slash laris because last week it seemed strange that like it seemed like laris caught allison in a in a trap um and i think he did to an extent but then it and then it seemed like he just threw all of his power back at her and now he's like in love with her like i don't those were the vibes i was getting from laris this week and it was strange um and creepy it was creepy it was creepy i I didn't like the way it made me feel it didn't like kristen cole didn't like the way it made him feel either evidently no he didn't yeah anybody got any thoughts on that what's going on with larry's larry's be creepy holly's always right well i said that no but i i did hear somebody talking about renera's necklace already this week it looks like it's back to being the one that Damon gave her, but it's it's a little bit expanded on it, like they've added to it. And you got 10 years to do some jewelry stuff. Right. <laughs> got her Pandora charms on it. No. I love it. Okay, I'll go back and look and I'll have a report. Okay. okay. All right. We're on jewelry rush. Well, they keep showing like rings and things like that. I feel like they're trying to convey some story elements through that, I think. Uh, there's somebody who does a really good commentary on costumes and things like that. Uh, what is her name? Is it Heather? Has her own YouTube channel. I can't remember her name. A costume Co. Yes. Does she cover jewelry stuff too? Costume co- Company or Costume uh-huh. Co. Okay. Yeah. I'm uh, pretty sure they do. Yeah. Yeah. I have so, listened to a lot of their podcasts, but yeah, I'm pretty sure they did. So we would probably recommend her as a source for other people who are listeners that have oh. those kind of questions. Three little words. Oh, what I'd give for that wonderful phrase. To hear those three little words. Three words. That's where you try to describe the episode in three words. It's not hard. Well, for some people, it evidently is hard because you send me things that are seven hashtag words together. 
or you send me things that I that I don't read on this podcast because they're not technically three words. I only read the ones that are three words. I'll start by reading some right now to give my guests a chance to come up with their own if they haven't already. Although I would imagine most of them have because they're typically much more prepared than I. For instance, my three words were close and eye because I was fascinated by the fact that Helena had said that uh, when Queen Alicent said to Amond, someday you'll get a dragon. And she said, you'll have to close an eye. And lo and behold, look what happened. He had to close an eye. There you go. A prophecy come true from Helena. Uh, so that was uh, a big deal to me. That was my three words. W. Axel Foley found another big deal about this particular uh, episode. Incest is best. Axel <laughs> has gone to this to the dark side and he's all about incest now uh denise arabella sorrowful conflicted resolution oh yes uh, yes yes uh i like this one from flu diddy uh at flu diddy on twitter except the flu is i don't know how you spell that anyway uh amen do you punk <laughs> i love that one too on YouTube, we got Nightwolf Nim, who said, a sea smoke left abandoned? I'm happy Lanor lives, but he had to abandon his dragon? Well, my, this is in my eyes. In the process, that actually made me sad. And what will happen if someone tries to claim him while Lanor lives? The bond must still be there, so that can't end well for whoever tries to claim him next hmm. uh, uh, via email Samantha says three sets of three words lines are drawn second set a house divided third set cousin versus cousin well that relationship confuses me now are they what second cousins is that how that works are they is is Luke let's see Tec because technically Rainey's would be the half or Rhaenyra would be the half of Aegon in that. So would it be uncle versus cousin? Or uncle versus nephew? I don't know. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, thank goodness. Uh, me making a fool of myself, just as Queen Cersei did throughout much of Game of Thrones, uh, has paid off and given everybody time to come up with their three words. Holly, how about yours? Laner is alive. Lenor is alive. <laughs> Beans, it's cat o'clock here. Uh, sorry about that. And uh, how about you, Susan? Aegon dropping truth. Ooh, nice, 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 nice. Uh, Kelly, how about yours? Favorite line uh, between Rhaenyra and uh, Damon: uh, "We burn together." Ooh. That's a good one too. Uh, what happened to your hood? Did you get hot? The burrito come in? No. We have a bowl today. Yeah. A bowl? It's ravioli. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Should have said burrito we, bowl. We 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 love Sammy. He, I he, know. He keeps you healthy so that you can, or keeps you nourished so that you can do research for us. John, your three words. Worth the price. Worth the price. That doesn't agree with Holly's. It wasn't Holly's, right? 
Yeah, but Holly's always right. Doesn't mean that I can't say something. So your three words are Holly is right. (laughs) Yes. For the sake sake of you, Matt, yes, Holly's right. For the sake of me and the sake of the Seven Hells game. Brothelmates, your best coupling for the episode is next. what we try to do is pair two things together they don't have to be two people they can be a person and a cat <laughs> they can be a person and a maester's chain they can be a person and a cool hat they can be a person and a wig and tiara wait a minute they can be a wig and a tiara anyway you get the point it doesn't have to be two people so holly what was your brothel mate's for this week um it's it, it doesn't really make sense but my brothel mates this week are um Dreamfire and an introduction because i really want one we have seen her now across two episodes but we don't really we never really got a full proper introduction and i want to get a really good look at her so that's my brothel mates of the week especially with how much of a weirdo helena is yeah like, how did she get a dragon yeah <laughs> Yeah, what's that story? Yeah, that would be an interesting story. How about you, Susan? Yeah, I have weddings and funerals. Weddings and funerals. That's what happened here. Uh, Started with the funeral, ended with a wedding. Right. But it sounds better to say weddings and funerals instead of funerals and weddings. It's a little less depressing. Although I I guess it depends on how I hit you. Like for me, the aftertaste of funerals is not so great, but that's just me. Uh, Kelly, how about yours? Uh, The two little angels on Allison's shoulders are uh, Kristen Cole and Lara Strong. (laughs) (laughs) Just dragging her down. (laughs) You got that right. John, how about you? What's yours? Dragon, stone, and lips. Wait, what? Like, hey, yeah, yeah. dragon oh, glass uh, and lips? Oh, dragon glass and lips. Come on. <laughs> lips in an island. Wow. That would be tough to do. Well, I guess that's not. true. You could, you could just kiss an island, I suppose. And that would be the same thing. Sort of. Uh, let's see. What else? Oh, YouTube. Nightwolf Nim uh, says this might be cheating, but Jace and Luke standing up for Bela and Reyna warmed my heart in an otherwise horrifying scene involving children. Yes, I have to remind you that Bela and Reyna started it. That's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, Via email, Samantha says, Rhaenyra and Damon, of course. Didn't talk a whole lot about the scene other than just the fact that we liked it or the fact that it was dark. 
or things like that. But um, I think they're going to make it as a couple from a non-book reader perspective. Can't see how they can't. I mean, they're made for each other. And they've been through so much apart and now they're together. They make each other stronger. They're meant to burn together, Matt. Right. Yeah. They're meant to burn together. You uh, grew those words, Renira. My brothel mates were Lenor and Carl, oh, because it was uh, the the perfect happy ending for the happy couple. I I adored that. That was great for me. I know a lot of people didn't like it. I know a lot of people thought that that was that cheated the whole thing. Um, I question. I'll just put this to everybody think it's possible that Corlys and Rhaenys are in on it no. I can't see Cor I can't see Corlys agreeing to it because he needs an heir with a name uh for Driftmark but so I guess he was thinking already that uh yeah that Lenor was going to be ahead of or why would it matter to Corlys if after he was gone whether Lenor was the heir or not well, he wouldn't be the heir anyway because he would be the king consort and that's oh, why it would be Viserys was going to be okay. the heir. Now that makes sense. Okay. Now I get but, it. But I don't think they're in on it simply for the fact that we know how quiet Rhaenyra was about Harwin and like how careful she was like just even talking about that around like she didn't even we talked about this last week how she just kept that uh she played that up like she played up that lie the entire time so i don't think there, there's any way that she would want anybody else in on that secret and trusting damon with a secret is pretty risky mm, it depends on the, his motive his like uh, motivation yeah. though like yeah he's, he's he, motivated to keep her secret yeah. do you think he shared the secret that he killed uh ria Rhea, ray no absolutely not yeah absolutely not yeah, there's some withholding within that relationship. Uh, anyway, uh, let's move on to the game that everybody hates. Love can make it. Take my heart and please don't break it. Love was made for me and you. For me and you. For me and you. For me and you. As you folks can see, this game plays hell on certain people, like myself, who has a tremendous headache from wearing this tiara and wig uh, for the entirety of this podcast but it's not about me ladies and gentlemen it's not about me it's about your entertainment and that is why it is time to play seven hells let me find the generator folks we have eliminated the three dead people so we have 36 numbers from which to choose are we ready? Who's going to go first? Kelly Maester is going to go first. Uh, former Maester. Not wearing the hood anymore. Here we go. Your number is 12. 12 in episode 8. Whoops. Oh, no. 
Oh no. Twelve in episode eight is instant death. Holly. Welcome, welcome to my world. Kelly. I said, oh, no. You pre-washed. Doesn't doesn't she get to? Does she get to like? You cannot reject no, instant death. You cannot. I was. I'm looking at the doc, guys. So I was just scrolling, and I could see the numbers. Like, Holly, how could you pre-watch a random number on a podcast I, you're on? I'm just kidding. Said, I'm look. I'm not. It's not the number I knew. It was. It was the doc that he messaged. Holly, Holly, I'm not I'm looking at it. I'm, I'm looking at it on mine, not through the, sh- the screen share. That's why I, I got there first. Sorry. Yeah. Holly, I'm, I'm giving Holly's, you. I'm Holly's giving you peering ahead into the future. So that's one draw. You now have one instant death. You have a punishment to serve next week. Uh, you'll want to look through those punishments and tell me what you're going to serve next week before the end of this podcast. Your last maester duty is to research your own instant death. But first, you must. Uh, decide whether you want number 36 or not. What is number 36? Number 36 Holly, quick, what is it? Captain Randall, Captain Randall Barrett. Barrett. That's who I had this week. <laughs> hey, Holly got off scot-free with Cand- Captain Randall Barrett last okay. week. Now, anybody, you, have a, you can reject it? it and draw again. But do, do you know off the top of your head who that is? I have no idea who that is. I didn't know who it was last week when, when Holly... I have a question. She's already... Wait, was it instant buy or instant punish? Instant it's, death. It's instant death, but there so, are two there are two draws. She can suffer up to two punishments. Oh, okay. That was my question. I was like, how is she gonna serve more than one punishment in <laughs> an episode? But No, she, she can serve one the next week. It, they just build up. Oh, eventually okay. eventually you pay them off. All right. I'm hoping that this guy is a uh, one and done. Like he just happens to be on here. So let's give him I'll take him. We may have already even seen him. Exactly. Yeah. So who knows? Because mm-hmm. these are these are old listings that we're using here. Uh, let's see, Susan, your turn. Let's let's do Susan. Okay. Susan, your number is eighteen for your first attempted number. Eighteen is Sir Kristen Cole. Will he Ooh. say a dragon's name? Will he curse? Ooh. Let's see. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm going to skip him. All right. What number number we draw next, you have to take. Because it is the second draw of your first name. 15. 15 is Princess Rhaenys Valarian. Okay. Okay. She might say a dragon's name. She might even curse. Might. But she might. Yeah. You're stuck with it. Now you have to draw a second time where you get two possible draws again. Okay. Number 12, which is what? Isn't that instant death? Yeah. Okay, so that one doesn't count for you because it's already taken by Kelly. Okay. Number generator, picking the same numbers again. 25. 25, this is your first opportunity to choose or reject Sir Stephen Darkland. I don't know if we've seen or not. I'll take him. Susan, living on the wild side with Sir <laughs> Stephen. All right. Uh, who's next? Holly. Holly, you are our next victim. I mean, participant. Number nine. Since you're already looking at it, who, who is that? Oh, crap. Sorry. I, I went too far. Hang on. Allison Hightower. Oh, man. You can reject. Oh. 
his hair. Hmm. Oh. I'll, I'll take her. Whoa. Oh. Holly wants to get out of this podcast and she wants to be punished. Your second draw or first second name, first draw is number 25. Is that one already taken? Yeah. That's... Here we go again with this random number generator. Number 12 is already taken. That's Kelly's instant death, right? Yeah. Number 26. Mr. Kelvin, I'll take him. All right. <laughs> Who in the world is Maester Kelvin? Yeah, he's nobody... specifically the one today from this episode. He he stitched up. He did a lot of work this oh, episode. Okay. He stitched okay. up an eye, and he stitched up the uh, arm. I didn't like okay. that. I didn't like the arm stitching. <laughs> I didn't like the eye. I, that was disturbing for someone who needs their eyes. Uh, okay, John. I guess it's your turn now, huh? Let's generate the numbers. Number 20. And Maester Mellis. Yeah, I'm taking him. He he <laughs> gone. Smart. He gone. I got to remove him next week. I got to remember Smart. to remove him because he is obviously dead now. So got to remove him next week. Uh, your second name, first draw, is 24. 24 is... Talia. Oh, yeah. That's the um, that's the one that the handmaiden for... Um, ah, yes, for Allison. Yep, I'll take her. Okay. John appears to have gotten off pretty good here. My turn, right? Everybody else is drawn? I'm last this week. I'm last. Number nine. Number nine. Taken. That's my Allison. Number nine. Number 33, number 33, I, 33, Lenor. Ah, there you go, buddy. I'm taking that one. I gotta, <laughs> I guess I got to get rid of him now, too. Yep. Uh, there's always a couple of... He might he, come he, back. He, he might. might he but might not, nec- back. not next episode, he won't. He's, He's going to come back and go, Sea Smoke, where are you? <laughs> <laughs> if he does, then I will be punished. Uh, <laughs> Dragon's names can't have those. Twenty-two. What is twenty-two? Twenty-two Laris is Laris Strong. Oh man! Not likely to say a dragon's name. No. Might say a Carlin word in a sneaky way. I I'm gonna. Like everyone's throw... gonna be talking about Vagar when they get back. Everyone's gonna say Vagar. Yeah. Come on. Right, I'm gonna draw again. Thirteen. Thirteen is. Corliss. Oh, well, I'm stuck with him. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. You can see what happens. Um, John has to tell Holly that her picks are always right. <laughs> she, Yeah, she's always right, all the time. Kelly, how many times did the number 20, did the number 12 come up in that draw? At least three. At least three? Yeah, on the random number generator, yes. Yes. <laughs> all right. Uh, so people are fulfilling their wish. I can't escape mine or, or their punishments. I can't escape mine. Let's get into some feedback. Oh. 
what? Can we get the feedback out of the monitors, please? Lots of YouTube stuff. I know that Holly wants to read this one from Bubba from two weeks ago in response to saying, uh, I said that Rhaenyra was about to tell Kristen Cole about the prophecy when they were on the boat ride when they proposed. Uh, I think Bubba disagreed. What did he say? Um, Bubba said, I watched the scene again. I'm not sure I see Rhaenyra was about to tell Kristen about the prophecy like you did. Uh, here's the quote Matt was referring to. Aegon the Conqueror untied the seven kingdoms and put them on a path to blank. Oh, should be what? united. Poorly written there. Uh, oh, sorry. I, oh, I've read it. Uh, I'm a good reader. You're a bad typer. Sorry. <laughs> That's exactly right. You're always right. No, it was my bad type. It was my typo, not yours. That's funny. And so Aegon the Conqueror uh, united the seven kingdoms and put them on a path to blank. John, your answer to that would have been? Holly's always right. <laughs> nice bailout holly what would be your answer to this I've wait ho- okay so sorry. if if she didn't get a chance to finish this because he walked off she started by saying aegon the conqueror un united aegon the, conqueror, the seven kingdoms <laughs> united the seven kingdoms and put them on a path what, what was she going to finish with the dark side no i'm just um sorry um what was she at like what do i think she was gonna finish with or are we playing right 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 okay Mm, i don't i don't think she would have specifically said the prophecy but i think she would have been like kind of vague about it like put them on a path to protect westeros i don't i don't know you know know. here you go there you go bubba listen to collie's words she said that she would have somehow vaguely implied about the prophecy. John, what do we know about Holly? So it's right. Yeah. So Baba, there you go. Uh, there's the answer right there. Uh, Kelly, you want to finish that sentence? I pulled up the transcript for the first episode that Viserys said between uh, when he was telling her about the prophecy and he doesn't say anything about a path, but he just, it does say, uh, you know, well, why didn't you pull up the transcript of her? Well, because you have it written down. Okay. <laughs> um, but yes, writing the line in the script. Duh. <laughs> yeah. So I pulled up what the way that it was told to her from Viserys, and it doesn't say anything about a path. So Bubba might be right, but it does seem like she's talking about Aegon. So why would she be mm-hmm. talking about Aegon for any other reason? Right. I think she was about to tell him. Okay. Susan, last word. Uh, I agree. I agree with Kelly. Okay. So in this one, uh, Batman Panther, love that YouTube name. Uh, this was in response to our podcast on season one, episode two. Y'all didn't listen to the episode. Harold Westerling, with the help of Otto, invited candidates to court. They all passed combat trials, it was said in the episode. Plus, Otto probably chose all of those knights for political purposes, like needing protection from the Iron Islands. I think we had come to that same conclusion as well. I, I Yeah, I think so. I know I, I was the one that kind of said a lot about this, and I think I just 
I think really what I was trying to say is I wanted to see more, you know, I wanted to just, I didn't want to see like just a group of randos lined up and like, oh, this is it. Like, I think I wanted to see a little more pomp and circumstance, maybe see them go through some of these trials and see how awesome of nights they are. Um, but that's just me. And if anything I can complain about the show, it's uh, it's all these time jumps, what we do get to see. I just want to see so much more of everything. And this was definitely an example of something I would have loved to seen a lot more of. John, what do you have to say that? Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with Holly. She's always right. There you go. That's what I was looking for. Uh, Nightwolf Nim loved rocking out to uh, Likely Lord Laris with me and John and Holly last week. We totally rocked it. We did with my death metal voice and all. I want to thank Samantha also for my uh, uh, birthday wishes. This one in response to last week's podcast from Batman Panther uh says this episode is a nine but i'm going to give it a six because i'm angry because we didn't get the lena lanor lena damon and rhaenyra friendship i have no idea what you're talking about they like they were friends uh lena and rhaenyra spent more time together they weren't in the show they didn't spend any time together in the show that's what i'm saying i don't know i don't know what you're talking about yeah, in the books. In the books, we there is a little bit. People more. who read the books wanted to see that in the show because mm. they was, talked about right. them flying their dragons together, and yeah. and Rhaenyra was there at the birth scene when um, Lena was having so much trouble. She went back and got her maester, I think, to try and help with the birth. Yeah, and then she sat vigil with Damon after uh, overnight, like when after Lena died, because they are not in the books. They're they're in Driftmark. They're not over in right at, at this point. They they do they do go to Essos. They do travel and stuff, but they're not living over there like they are in the show. So they are much closer. And at this point, Rhaenyra had also already been on Dragonstone for a while. So they're really just like across the. Blackwater from each other, uh, like waving at each other, showing flashlights. Um, <laughs> you know, like that's that's how they were. I guess dragonfire flashlights. Yeah, I was gonna say send him send him dragon signals. <laughs> yeah, dragon exactly. Signals. Yeah. So they, I, and I think that's what this this listener was alluding to. Okay. Uh, final one from Nightwolf Nim in response to this week's podcast. I uh, initial reaction podcast. I know I'm starting to sound redundant. But what else can I say? It was another fantastic episode, emotional, intense, and shocking. My jaw literally dropped at the Lenor reveal. Eamon claiming Vagar was also an incredible moment. I don't like his character, but seeing him take flight on her literally gave me goosebumps. But I think the best moment of the episode was the standoff between Rhaenyra and Alicent. Could feel the tension through my TV set honestly don't blame Allison for her anger but at the same time Eamon had it coming wow there's only one thing that could have made this episode better more light laugh out loud <laughs> all right uh is there any last research requests for kelly yeah, yeah go for <laughs> I, it I, I i submitted one that's right. Kelly, did you complete the research that Susan submitted to you via DM on Twitter? Indeed. Uh, and I believe I cracked the code and, and recognized the reference. So the uh, 
character Laris is kind of an analogy for another uh, George loving to pull from history. Perhaps this is his thumbprint on the show, uh, but there is a um, quote that is uh, attributed to King Henry II of England that um, has a long list of tirade of, of what he actually said versus who wrote it down versus when it was actually uh, subscribed or when it was actually ever said versus when it was just written down and, and annotated. Uh, the, the known phrase as it is these days is, will no one rid me of this turbulent priest? Um, can also be expressed as troublesome priest or meddlesome priest. Um, this is uh, my very thorough research from um, a ponderous tome, uh, Wik Wikipedia, uh, uh, I believe it's pronounced. It's old. It's very ancient. Very, very ancient. <laughs> Take it with a grain of salt. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Uh, the story goes that he, uh, there were upheavals and troubles with this with this uh, priest um, in uh, the 1100s, uh, the 12th century, and uh, he was having trouble with this priest, and so he just said out loud, "Well, no one, you know, oh wretched man I am, who shall deliver me from this turbulent priest?" And the the phrasing has evolved over time, and it landed on the one that we know today as. Uh, deliver me from this turbulent priest and, and then four knights went off and did deliver him from that turbulent priest by killing him <laughs> wow. bad. right 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 yeah and and interesting a little bit more interesting analogy to what's going on here is that because uh martin has said that uh that the dance of dragons is uh pulled a little bit from the anarchy period in england henry ii's mother was that matilda who was uh the one who was fighting over the throne in the anarchy. Um, and, and then the, the priest, uh, he became a saint, martyred saint, and uh, the, uh, the church there, uh, that's where we get the Canterbury Tales and Chaucer wrote the Canterbury Tales and all that. So uh, a little different because uh, obviously with, uh, with Alicent, uh, this isn't known publicly, so she doesn't have to deal with the uh, fallout like Henry II did. But they, I did hear people make that connection about her saying that and Laris deciding he was just gonna go act on it without being it really being an, an implicit request. Well, he knows what she's dreaming because he's watching her with a rat that creep. <laughs> yeah. All we right. We rats this episode, did we? I didn't see any. No rats. No rats on on. Uh, that's why he wasn't in the episode much. There were no rats to follow the Valarians around. No rats. No. Holly there brought a rat. Can yeah, Larry's... Henry the Henry the Second? That is one other thing. Whether people know this or not, he got in so much trouble over this whole thing that what he did is he he walked barefoot to the church and that he allowed the other priests that were there to flog him as pendants to get over this whole thing. It was quite the to-do. Well, I can tell you as Queen Cersei that a walk of shame is tough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Shame. Yeah. Shame. Oh, and there's a movie. There's a movie, if anyone ever wants to watch it, that's got Richard Burton playing the, the role of the priest, and uh, Peter O'Toole is uh, Henry II. Mm. Nice. That's it's also a Black Adder episode that references this, if anyone likes that. Show. Oh, okay. I'll check that out. It's <laughs> where I get most of my uh, in British English history is from Black Adder. That's how she, okay. that's how she researches, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, that's absolutely. how she researches. 
All right, Holly, final thoughts about this particular episode of television or this podcast. Final thoughts. I didn't have to, I didn't prepare those. That wasn't in the doc to prepare. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, this was a great episode. I, I feel bad that a lot of people couldn't see it. And I feel kind of guilty that I did see it and I liked what I saw. So I'm, I'm sorry um, for people who had trouble with it because that, that stinks. Um, and yeah, Vagar is, is claimed. Um, Helena says weird things. I can't wait till next week. You didn't flaunt any privileges, so you're you're you don't need to apologize. You just got to see it and enjoy it. John, what about Holly's thoughts or your own? Uh, Holly's Holly's always right, so that's pretty much I guess our collective thoughts because apparently we're one mind this week. Yeah, so you're you're sorry that ev- that everybody couldn't see it too. Sure. Okay. If Holly well, said what did you it, think absolutely. of the dragon wings? I know you guys had opinions about the dragon flying previously. Do you think it improved or do you think it's a different dragon? Or because it, it was nighttime, <laughs> it didn't have the same effect? Well, you can hide a lot of things in darkness. Yeah. I just know you guys had a problem with Cyrax's wings before, right? Well, an outline on it when it was standing okay. against the uh standing against the dragon pit in the very first oh, episode. Right. Mm, yeah. No, I thought the CGI was great. Yeah, um, it looked and they, fine. Yeah. Again, making an episode darker can make all CGI look better. <laughs> Absolutely. Curious. Okay. Well, we yep. did see her. We did see her fly away after the ship at the end too, which I thought mm-hmm. was a great scene. Yeah. Still good. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. I'll take I didn't have any problem with Vagar. I, that model is so big, probably that in in. So- takes and, up so much memory that, i know i know we're know. wrapping this up but i just thought of something we were talking about the dragons and the cgi there's another podcast that i follow um it's uh trial by content um it's got joanna robinson and dave um dave gonzalez and neil uh oh, neil i forgot neil's last name anyway they um started doing this thing where they were talking about the cgi and the dragons and dave mentioned something about how like oh they don't ever really do people getting dismounting from the dragons and ever since he said that i've been watching and we do we never see anybody like climb down from a dragon because they i think it might be too difficult to pull off um for the visual Ooh, effects that, but so Rhaenyra did exactly that in the first episode no right? not it's a clever and then she and then she okay maybe that's the one time we did see it and then y'all are complaining a lot about the dragons in that episode and then we never see it again that's that's interesting i'll have to pay attention to the what they do show of the interaction with the dragon and then i noticed that this time we get vagar's like really hard landing on the ground where she's like crushing stuff and then the next thing we just see aemon like walking back through the cave and i was like oh yep nope we don't get to see him dismount from that dragon we got to see him mount it but not dismount yeah interesting kelly final thoughts I enjoyed this episode very, very much. Um, I, I wish uh, we could see this com- uh, couple come together uh, when they're at the height of their passions. But I think, you know, as I can relate to later in my life, enjoying a mature relationship, I'm excited to see how these two power couple, this power couple really come together. Um, and they did it in like with the least amount of bloodshed that they probably could have. So uh, more dragons. We're supposed to have 10. I want to see more dragons. We got like seven this episode. So I'll take, I'll take them, but give me, give me all 10. Nine. They said ten in the prologue. Like, why would you do that to me? Why you gotta do that? I think I think the showrunner (laughs) said we're gonna see nine this season. 
All right, fair enough, fair enough. But 17 in total. So we got a lot more to look forward to. I'm greedy, man. We we had three for like so long. Like, and we're getting this many now. God, listen to me. <laughs> I mean, my gosh, you've gotten more dragons this season than you've gotten in all of Game of Thrones, basically. I know. I know. <laughs> I love that they said that Rhaegar purred on the screen in the subtitles. That was amazing. They are just like big kitties. Anyway, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy for more. Three more episodes, you guys. Three more episodes. Susan, your final thoughts. Uh, I don't have anything else to add. I'm, I'm excited for next week, too. That's nice and succinct. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dedicated to George R.R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire book series. It's nice and succinct. We'll go to another succinct sec- segment. <laughs> Matt can't talk. We'll go to another succinct. <laughs> and the HBO Game of Thrones franchises. We'll go to another succinct segment entitled Three Words. You did it. You're listening to Before the Dragon. Don't tell me what to do. Do, 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 do. do, 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 do.